Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the Amen. In Christ Jesus, all the promises of God find their yes and their Amen. And we don't look at our circumstances. We don't look at the outward appearance. We don't look at our past. We don't look at our present. But we look to our future, which is Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. You love us just the way we are, but you love us enough not to leave us that way. You want us to go from glory to glory, grace to grace, faith to faith, and uh, we receive it all in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. So this morning we ask that our minds would re be renewed, that our hearts would be transformed, that our souls would be cleansed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, we're in this series, Death to Life, and you know, it's, it, you know, the, the whole skull and the crown and all, and the, and the idea of death and all that, um, it might seem kind of dark, but the truth of the matter is, is we need to understand where we were and where Christ has taken us to. We were in a dark place, right? I mean... Colossians, we, we've been reading this every week, Colossians 1.13 says that Jesus has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. The dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. We have been taken out of death and transferred into life itself. Jesus is life. Life is only found in Jesus Christ. Why? Why were we in this death? Because the wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin leads to death. Do not be fooled. Do not be deceived. All sin leads to death. It leads to death of our finances, our relationships, our marriages, our mental state, our health. Sin leads to death. In John 10.10, 10, we, we know this scripture. Jesus says that the thief comes only to kill, or to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the only reason Satan comes. He doesn't come to be your friend. He doesn't come to prosper you. He doesn't come so that your life will be good. He comes for three reasons, and that's to steal from you, to kill, to kill you, and destroy you. Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus isn't about taking, stealing your party. Jesus is about making sure your party, your life, continues to go on and on and on. Amen? So many people get confused in that. And today we're going to look at some scriptures that maybe a lot of you um, don't meditate on. Um, but it's going to be really, really good. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 30, it says, For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord of all your sins. That's good news. This day of atonement that it's talking about here is, was actually prophetic, and it was speaking of the day that Jesus Christ would raise from the dead and atone for the sins of all humanity. And we would be what? Cleansed. We would be cleansed. We would be clean before the Lord of all our sins. So that applies to you this morning. Amen? 
You know, this morning you had lots of choices to make. Well, some people had a choice to make if they're going to come to church or not. Other people, they have choice to make of if, if they're going to make coffee, if they're going to eat breakfast before they come. Um, but thank God we all have this choice that we make every morning, is that is what we were going to wear, right? Thank God you made that choice this morning, to wear something. What we're going to wear today. And this is a decision that we make almost every single day. We make it every day. Am, am, I, am I going to go to the store in slippers and pajamas? Huh? Or am I, or am I going to go to the store and I'm going to throw on a pair of jeans, t-shirt, jacket, and some tennis shoes? Right? That's, that's a decision that you have to, have to make. Right? And what we wear says something about us. What we wear says something about us. See, this is one of the things that uh, we need to understand, is that God does not judge from outward appearances. We as Christians, we should have the mind of Christ in the heart of God, and we should not judge from outward appearances. But the truth of the matter is, people do. The world does. So what you wear says something about you. It's declaring something about you. We even say things like, you only have one chance to make a first impression. Right? Why? Because people do judge a book by its cover, unfortunately. Right? And, and so what we wear says something about ourselves. And, how, and it says something about how we desires, desire others to see us. You know, how, how you... What you, how you, what you wear says something about you and how you see yourself, but then it also says about how we want others to see us, right? There's whole, there's influencers and social media and all these people. They, they have a certain style and a certain thing that they're trying to do, and they want people to see them in a certain way. Some of it's positive, many times it's negative, right? So what do you like to wear? You ever think? Think about that. What do you like to wear? What what style do you do you have? Because what we don't really realize is that God is interested in what we're dressed in. Because Satan, Satan tries to to clothe us. Satan tries to dress us. He tries us to give us. A garment to wear. And do you know that Jesus also is interested in what you wear? Jesus has a garment for you to wear. Let's look at this following scripture with prophetic revelation. In Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, so understand, here's Joshua the high priest. This is not Joshua that, uh, that defeated Jericho. This is years later. The high priest over the temple, his name was Joshua. Okay, And, and it said that Zechariah is being shown Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, 
The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this the brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a, a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. Do you know Satan wants to take the filth of sin, both the sin that you've committed and the sin that's been committed against you? He wants you to take that sin and cause you to wear them. And it's called guilt and shame. It's called guilt and shame. This is the revelation of the passage of Zechariah. Joshua was the high priest at the time, and the high priest was one that represented the people. The high priest represented all the people, and he interceded on the behalf of sinners in the presence of God. So you've got to understand, this is what this prophecy is showing. All the people standing before God in filthy raiment, filthy clothes, and he is interceding on the behalf of them before God in this vision. So it's as if Joshua represents you and I. In this prophetic vision, Joshua represents you and I. He represents all God's people. And we are standing between Satan and Jesus. This is a very interesting passage of Scripture, isn't it? Here we are, standing before Satan and Jesus. Jesus is on one side and, and Satan is on the other. Satan is standing there accusing you. Satan is standing there accusing you. Just for a moment, imagine this. Imagine yourself standing there. Imagine yourself standing there and Satan bringing up all the sins you have ever committed. You hear him say all of the filthy, naughty, disgusting, horrible, awful things you have ever thought, ever said, had ever done. To add to your own guilt, he now adds all the vile, evil things that have ever been done to you by others, such as abuse, both verbal, physical, mental, spiritual, sexual, name-calling, abandonment, and rejection. Satan is wonderful at this. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he's just heaping all of this on you. We've been there before. We've experienced it. For many Christians, we live under it day in and day out. You don't even realize the weight of it the filth of it, the, the, the defilement of it, because you've been living with it for so long. That is natural. And for so many Christians, 
the reason why they don't have joy, the reason why they don't have hope, the reason why they don't have a vision is because they're weight under the weight of all these accusations, all this defilement, all of the 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 raiment that Satan has put on them. Imagine that Satan heaps verbal disgust upon you. With every statement, he reaches into a large bucket and, and, and filled with mud and feces and throws it on you. Handful after handful. When he finishes, you are standing there wearing all your sin and shame as filthy garments. Demons mock you as you look at the ground defeated, disgraced, and defiled. Again, so many of us, so many of us live here. Live in this place. But then you hear Him. You hear the voice of Jesus. His voice is loud. His voice is filled with righteous anger. And He declares with all authority, Satan, I rebuke you. Oh, Satan, the Lord rebukes you. Is this not the brand plucked from the fire? There you stand, unable to defend yourself, but you realize that Jesus is standing with you and standing up for you. You then hear Jesus give an order to an angelic soldier. Remove the filthy garments. I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure raiment. You look up with tear-filled eyes to see Jesus as He puts His arms around you. Praise the Lord. See, on the cross, Jesus spiritually wore our filthy garments. So you should know this. When Jesus walked away from the grave, what was left in the grave? The grave clothes. Jesus left the grave clothes behind. In the grace of God's one and only comprehensive redemptive work, no one, not you, nor Jesus, ever needs to wear those clothes again. Never again. It is finished. It is complete. On the cross, Jesus traded clothes with you. He wore your filthy clothes of sin and placed His clean clothes of righteousness on you. Paul pens it this way. He says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake He made Him who to be sin. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin. That in Him we might become the righteousness of God. The Amplified Version puts it this way. For our sake He made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin. So that in and through Him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, 
and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved and accepted and in right relationship with Him by all goodness. Jesus took our place. Jesus wore our clothes. And Jesus put us in His place to wear His clothes. Hallelujah. See, unfortunately, too many Christians continue to wear their old spiritual garments. Too many Christians continue to wear those, those old spiritual garments of sin and shame and disgust and defilement, filth and failure. Many Christians are like Lazarus. Satan has buried them in filthy grave clothes, but Jesus has brought them forth and has fresh, clean clothes for them to wear. But like Lazarus, but like Lazarus, we need godly friends to help us take and remove our grave clothes. That's why the church is so important. That's why we, those people that you hang around, those people that you hang around and spend the most of your time with, are they taking those old garments off and, put, and putting new garments on of Christ's righteousness? Or are they continuing to reinforce those old belief systems of who you were? We need to stop, stop wearing those old filthy garments and start wearing the clean robe of righteousness that Jesus has for us. Not only do you commit sin, but sins are also committed against you. And many of us are wearing those sins. Not only does sin make you feel guilty, but the truth of the matter is, and Scripture shows this, and we're going to see this, it not only makes you feel guilty, but it makes you feel filthy. It makes you feel unclean. There's probably a lot of Old Testament Scriptures now coming to, to light, revealing to you what that all represented in the Old Testament. And how, what it means to us now in the New Testament. There is about a dozen Bible words that speak of sin in terms of staining our souls. Now what's your soul? Your soul is not your spirit. Your soul is your personality. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. Right? It's that place in you that the inner torment, inner battle is constantly raging. It's that place that we have to no longer be conformed to what the world says about us, but we need to be transformed into the image of Christ. Right? So, it's and, and it's staining our souls, defiling us, and causing us to be filthy or unclean. In Psalms 106.39 it says, Thus they became unclean by their acts. Think about that. It's saying that your very acts make you unclean. It may, and if it makes you unclean, that's just how, how it makes you feel. And played the whore in their deeds. In Proverbs 30.12 it says, There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. In Mark 7.20 Jesus said, and he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. See, there's things that we do that it, it, it defiles us and makes us feel unclean, unworthy. 
The effect of sin, particularly sexual sin, that is committed against us is, is that we feel dirty. You know, there's, for those that, that, that um, are abused, assaulted sexually, most of the times after that assault, they'll go and take a shower. They're trying to get that feeling off them of feeling defiled. And beyond sexual sin, there's countless other causes for our defilement. The, the Bible speaks in Levit, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31, that demonic involvement with the cult. It says, do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. That can make us feel unclean. Or false religions. In Ezekiel 14, verse 11, it says, that the house of Israel may no more go astray from me, nor defile themselves any more with all their transgressions, but they, but that they may be my people, and I may be their God, declares the Lord. We defile ourselves through false religions, through violence and trauma. Lamentations 14 says, They wandered blind through the streets. They were so defiled with blood that no one was able to touch their garments. These, there's different ways that we are defiled and we feel the weight of that. The Bible mentions three categories of defilement. The Bible mentions that places can be defiled. See, we t- tend to avoid locations where something demonic or tra- uh, traumatic has happened. You ever notice? It, th- the world does this. It feels... Like, it's not clean. It's not holy. Thinking of them as haunted or unholy. Ask yourself, what defiled places are you avoiding whenever possible? Objects can be defiled. You know, the Bible says that the marriage bed is to be holy and undefiled. Objects can be defiled. So a marriage bed can be defiled if it's supposed to be, remain holy and undefiled. For some people, their own body or home might feel defiled. Ask yourself, what things feel defiled to you? People can be defiled. The Old Testament and the Gospels record the lives of many people who were ritually unclean and not to be associated with or even touched. The ceremonial washings and such that are found in the Old Testament, it's just foreshadowing of the cleansing power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ask yourself, do you consider yourself or anyone else, such as a spouse, parent, former friend, as being defiled or unclean? The result of defilement is shame. 
The result of defilement is shame, which also includes fear. This fear of being found out as being known, having our deep, dark secrets revealed. These are things that Christians struggle with. As a pastor, you know, I, I, I communicate with many, many people. And um, I had a gentleman that was going through some health, major health issues, and he calls me on the phone, and he starts, he says, Pastor, I just want to confess to you that um, I've been dealing with, or before I was born again, I struggled with pornography. Um, and even after I became a Christian, I struggled with pornography. And I just want to confess it. I, I just feel like it's something that's keeping me from, from God, receiving my healing. All these, all these things. And this is a person that had been a Christian for years and years and years, but the filth and the defilement of those actions, he was still wearing those garments. He was still wearing those garments. And it was keeping him from, from entering into the presence of God fully. From, from actually expecting that he can receive from God. That God would hear his prayers. Why? Because he hadn't truly seen himself cleansed. He was allowing Satan to continually put those garments on him. He didn't realize that at the cross, Jesus rebuked Satan. This is from the very beginning. Adam and Eve, right? Satan tricked them or, or tempted them to be like God, independent and separate from God. And as soon as they did, they realized how much like God they weren't, right? And they realized they were naked. Before, they were free. They were naked before God. They were naked before each other. There was no hiding. There was no shame. There was no fear. And all of a sudden, they realized they were naked. And what did they do? They got fig leaves. They covered themselves up with salad dressing. And they went and hid. They chose some garments. They chose some garments to hide in. To cover their shame. Their filthiness. Right? They hid from God and one another. Why? Because they were now afraid of truly being known. As guilty and dirty people do, they, they, they could not look God nor other people in the eye. Thankfully, God came and found them. God came and found them. God came and clothed them. He took, this is all, again, foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ would do. By God's grace, He took that, those fig leaves away from them, gave them the garments of a lamb, and by God's grace, He clothed them in what He said they should be wearing. And this is all foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ would do for us. Listen. We must make a deliberate choice to no longer wear what was done by us, what was done to us. Instead, we must wear what Jesus did for us. 
This is a deliberate choice that we as believers, as Christians, need to make. We, we no longer, we have to choose that we're no longer going to wear what we've done. That we're no longer going to wear what others have done to us. But we are going to clothe ourselves, clothe our minds, clothe our attitudes in what Jesus Christ has done for us. See, on the cross, Jesus dealt with sin and has, that has stained our soul. On the cross, Jesus both forgave and cleansed the sins committed to you and the sins committed by you. He's cleansed you. You are clean. Jesus went to the cross to take not only your sin, but also your shame. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Look, look into Jesus. How do, how, do you, how do you clothe yourself? You look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising what? The shame. He took our shame. And He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. How do we not grow weary and faint-hearted? We consider Jesus. We look unto Jesus. We look unto the author and the perfecter of our faith. Think about that. What was the joy that was set before Him? Jesus endured all that. Why? Because there was joy. There was something to be joyful about. There was something to be joyful about. What caused Jesus to be willing to go through all that for joy? The joy set before Him that caused Jesus to endure the cross and take the shame. Glorifying God and clothing you in that glory. We need to take off our filthy clothes. And the way that we take off our filthy clothes begins with confessing that you've been wearing them. Acknowledging that, you know what? I don't like what I got on. This doesn't represent me. This isn't my style. This isn't who I was created to be. This doesn't this doesn't represent where I'm going. You have to confess that, that the stuff, the, the weight, the filth, the garments that you're wearing, they no longer fit you. They're uncomfortable. They don't even fit right. The process of coming to grips with brokenness, regrets, abuse, sins, and pains that you have been wearing, you have to confess that. Confess that to Jesus. So that He can take them off you. This might mean that you need to prayerfully and carefully choose a safe person. Choose a safe person who, who can give you wise counsel. This could be a spouse, it could be a counselor, pastor, minister, leader, or a close friend. When you choose this person to help you walk this out, you need, they need to know what you're asking them to do. They need to know what their role is. That their role is to help you see 
the demonic counterfeit that you've been wearing and help you to remove it and replace it with righteousness created for you by Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, put off. Put off your old self. This literally in the Greek is like taking off a jacket. It means to take off clothing. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. To put on. Again, this is the same language to put on clothing, to put on a jacket, or put on shoes, or anything like that. To put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is something we have to choose to do. It's a fact. Jesus has accomplished it. You have to choose to believe it. You have to choose to, by faith to put it on. You have to choose to, by faith to say, I no longer wear that. I wear this. This no longer defines who I am. This defines who I am. This is no longer my style. I look good in this. You have to decide that. And how do you decide that? How, is, it, is it just positive thinking? No. You look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Whenever we start, start getting, falling into shame, falling into guilt, falling into discouragement, feeling filthy, defiled, all those things, it's when you fail to look to Jesus. You're looking to self. Not to Jesus. Jesus wants all the filth off you. That's good news, isn't it? That, see, a lot of people think that God's making you feel this way. That God's the one that's making me feel guilty. That God's the one that's making me feel shame. No, that's the job of sin. That's the job of the devil. That's the party he offers. No, Jesus wants the filth off you. He wants the old clothes removed from you and all burdens lifted from you and replaced with His righteousness, His holiness, and His joyfulness. Sometimes part of life can feel so dirty that it seems impossible to clean. So we either hide them in shame or accept them as our identity. Did you hear that? Sometimes there are things in our life that feels so filthy that, that we don't feel like there's any way that they can be clean, so we hide them or we accept them as our identity. Listen, God's will is not that you are ashamed of sin. God's will is not that you're ashamed of sin. God's will is not that you're proud of sin. His, His, His will is not for you to hide his will is not for you to accept it as your identity. God's will, rather, is that you are cleansed from all sin. That you're cleansed, that you're clean, that you're, you're complete in Christ Jesus. You know, some of the things that you can do. You know, throughout the Old Testament, God gave many um, rituals. He gave many things that the people did. They stacked up stones as monuments that, so when... Their children would come by and they ask, what are these here for? You can tell them this is where the Lord delivered us from. You know, all these things that 
God has given humans, because He knows how we're created, He gives us these rituals. He gives us these physical reminders to help us remember what He has done. And we have things in our daily life that we can start using as a reminder of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The next time you do a load of laundry, think to yourself, I've been cleansed cleaner than this load of laundry that I'm doing. The next time you wash in dishes, think to yourself, Jesus has washed me clean. I am cleansed. The next time you take a shower, stand in the shower and thank God, Lord, that by the blood of Jesus Christ, there is a grace waterfall cleansing me from all unrighteousness. And I am pure. I am holy. Not by what I have done, but by what You have done. You have made me clean. Brushing your teeth in the morning. Right? we got all these crazy... Um, Toothpaste now. You know, charcoal toothpaste even. I had some of that. It's black. It's the weirdest thing in the world. But but it says whitening. <laughs> you know, whitening. Next time you brush your teeth, you though my sins were as, as, as scarlet, you have made them as white as snow. Put yourself into remembrance in what God has done for you. What Jesus has done for you. Don't allow... The, the enemy to take those moments of life, ordinary, daily, routine moments of life, and heap on condemnation, guilt, and shame on you to give you to get you focused on the old man instead of the new man that we put on daily. Amen. Jesus not only forgives, but he also makes us clean. You know, I'm just thinking another thing that we could do is once in a while put on something white. Put something white on. And when you put it on, you mentally acknowledge that Jesus Christ has clothed me with a robe of righteousness that shines as bright as the sun. Don't worry, I'm not going to start wearing white, all white suits. So, don't have to worry about that. It's not my style. But <laughs> But it's about putting yourself into remembrance. Nice white pair of tennis shoes, right? Jesus not only forgives us, but Jesus has cleansed us. You are cleansed. You are cleansed. You are pure because of what Jesus Christ has done. Do you believe it? As Christians, you are clean. And it's all because of Christ. Holy Spirit right now is here to help us to put off the old and to put on the new in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. I hope you guys got the weight of this. The, the weight of this revelation so that the weight that's on you can be removed. That there would be freedom and liberation. That there would be no more shame or distance between you and your relationship with God. Your relationship with others. 
that there would be no more fear. That there would be no more the feel of unworthiness or disgust or that you don't measure up. But that you would have that minty, fresh feeling of being made clean by Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You. We thank You that we are washed. We are cleansed. You have cleaned us. You have made us complete. You have made us you have perfected us in Christ Jesus. And this morning, Lord, as we heard Your Word, when we heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ, we ask that it would produce faith in our hearts so that we would no longer allow the enemy to clothe us in His filth, but that we would allow Jesus to clothe us in His righteousness, in His purity, in His holiness. That we would see ourselves as we truly are. That we would see ourselves as You see us, Lord. And that we would be set free. That our heads would be held high. Because the Son has set us free. We thank You for that. We thank You for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank You for the finished work of Jesus. And we thank You that we are kings and priests in His kingdom forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.